everybody. Welcome to our podcast. 大家好 everyone. So today on our podcast, we have a very special guest joining us: a talented mother, daughter, and doula, Angela. Hello, hi. Yes, I'm a doula in Taipei and a childbirth educator here for the last 15 years. Wow. That's a really long time, 15 years. Feels like a long time. <laughs> yeah. How long have you been living in Taiwan for? 25. 25 years. years. Oh my gosh. That's a really long yeah. time. You must have seen a lot of how Taiwan has changed over the years. Yeah, definitely.、Uh-huh. Absolutely. Taipei. I mean, Taipei 101 didn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. 20, yeah. yeah. 25 <laughs> years ago. <gasps> That's crazy.、Yeah. Cheryl and I have been friends for just a little over a year now, right?、Yeah. And.、Um, I'm also pregnant, and I I did message you actually. I'm going to join one of your、um, prenatal、uh, classes, Catherine Radford. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So and and Cheryl was telling me about you, and she said she had a doula, and I was like, "What's a doula?" I had no no knowledge of what a doula was at all, and I was like, "Is it a midwife?" Like, because I'm from the UK, so we have a lot of midwives that come to your home and and help you, but they don't do what Cheryl was telling me that you do. So. Could you just give us a little bit of an insight on what a doula is? Sure. So, yeah, people. I don't think that anybody outside of women giving birth would know what a doula is,、um, mm. but they're very popular. Very popular now in North America. But the difference between a doula and a midwife, like a midwife, is a medical, medically trained person. So she will do the delivery.、Um, you know, can do the stitching, can bring oxygen, can bring medications, things like that.、Huh. I'm strictly a support person. So I'm the one.、Um, That will be with you through the duration of your labor. So, if you're, for example, giving birth in Taipei,、um, and you're giving birth in a hospital, there's no midwives in the hospital.、Mm-hmm. So, what you have is you have a doctor, and then you have nursing staff. And the nursing staff will come in and check on your temperature, your blood pressure, you know,、um, baby's heartbeat, and then they'll leave. So, most of the time, it is just you and your partner in the room. Oh, trying、nice. to cope with the labor by yourself for however many hours that takes. So I, so I stay there with you. You know, it's your guys' first birth. Your partner probably doesn't know what to do to help you very much. The nurses, while great, might not always give you all the information that you need. So it might be hard to know what they're doing or why they're doing it.、Uh, so I'm there to provide information about what all your options are, what your choices are, what the staff wants to do,、um, help you with different positions to help labor go better, help with breathing techniques. Massage techniques, getting your partner, telling your partner what he can do to help you, so that he's also involved in the birth、mm. and not、mm-hmm. just sitting there watching. And then giving you all the information available so that you guys can make choices and decisions together as you're going through this. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I didn't realize the the difference. I thought it was more not, I suppose, medically trained as well. But I, in a way, you probably are through experience, though, right? Yeah, but <laughs> through experience, I've learned a lot. But at the end of the day, the medical decisions always need to be made by your caregivers.、Hmm. Yeah. And what would you say, like in Taiwan, would you say that、uh, most of the clients that you have here are foreigners, or do you also help Taiwanese women also? No, because I only I do speak Chinese, but for doulaing, I really feel like my skills aren't strong enough. I really be able. To, I think you need to really be able to communicate with people. During this time, so most of my clients and all of my social media and everything's in English.、Yeah. Mm-hmm. So most of my clients, not all, are foreigners or、mm-hmm. a mixed couple.、Yeah. Right. 
I know I was just gonna say that we did a whole podcast on episiotomies and uh, it was all because of Angela and I did say this and I was like oh we're gonna have her on soon so yeah you're a very hard person to you know get on the podcast so thank you for (laughs) coming on today she's had many many births every time we've like oh today's the day she's like oh I'm at a birth (laughs) it was unfortunate timing for the last two that I happen to have a birth on the same day as the podcast I know (laughs) yeah (laughs) but I suppose with that type of job your schedule you don't really have like a proper schedule right it could just be all over the place and you just you're on call constantly yeah so once I go on I mean I can't make solid plans and all my friends know that (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, (laughs) I have missed you know my kids birthday parties and um family events quite often things like that when you're on call you you know your client relies you to relies on you to be there yeah Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. and babies come when babies want to come so sometimes I am gone all day sometimes I'm gone all night sometimes I'm gone and I spent the last birthday on the weekend I spent two nights in my car oh my gosh um trying to grab a couple of hours sleep yeah oh wow that's a lot that's a lot to deal with I remember because Cheryl was just saying we did a an episode on episiotomy and you did message um and and let us know some information actually on the Taiwan rabbit group which was really helpful because I I was at work and when I said to Cheryl I was pregnant and we were chatting and then another lady was pregnant and Cheryl just turned around at work in front of everyone she was like don't let them cut your vagina. I was like, what? what? They cut your vagina? And she was like, yes, don't let them do it. And I was like, why do they do that? And then the Taiwanese women were like, yeah, no, we do that. Yeah, That's fine. It's, it's normal. Like normal. Yeah, so the episiotomy, it's, it's pretty shocking because the episiotomy rate in the world in, in, worldwide is something like 10 to 15%. Mm. And in Taiwan, it's over 99%. Mm. I know. Yeah, um, I read that in that article. It's shocking. It's, it's really shocking. shocking. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I didn't a while ago there was um I can't remember what it was called, but I remember reading an article on a pill that they used to put up to induce labor. Yeah, prostogen. Yes, and now it's so, not legal. Right? Still, no, no, no. It's still used here all the time. <gasps> oh, really? So it's not illegal. Yeah, oh, yeah. we we said we we think it's illegal now, but yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe you're talking about Cervidil. Cervidil, perhaps. It's the one that drops the baby's heart rate and it can like be really bad for the... So all interventions can drop baby's heart oh. rate. Any kind of labor-inducing drugs can drop baby's heart rate. But it might be Cervidil, which um, they did use in Taiwan. I'm not sure if they still do. I haven't seen it in a while. Oh, okay. Because it's dangerous, right? It's, it's not um, labeled for labor induction. That was not the intention of it. The intent of it. So some of the risks with labor induction is that it can cause uh, hyperguterus contractions. So your mm. contractions get really strong and really fast, and it's hard to reverse. Oh, no. Oh. But that could be dangerous for baby. Yeah, oh. that's why they don't recommend it. Oh, gosh. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm really interested <laughs> to know, you said you've been in Taiwan for 25 years. Were you a doula in America, or was it something you became whilst you were here like I'm interested to know a bit of your background and story and are you from America or Canada oh Canada that's it sorry 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 <laughs> so I'm from Canada but I left Canada I came here when I was 21 so <gasps> I was not a doula when I came here no okay um I came here just having fun thought I was going to stay for a little while and leave again but as the story often goes, ended up staying for three years, met my mm-hmm. husband who's Taiwanese mm-hmm. and uh, 
we had three babies. So only after the birth of my third child did I become a doula. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Back then I used to run what was called Taipei City Playgroup. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. And so we, we arranged meetings every week and we would meet every week out in the park and I would post every week about where we were going. We didn't have social media. So we had a Yahoo group. Oh. <laughs> <And> <laughs> so I would add uh, all the new moms we met to this Yahoo group and I would just send out a, like an email telling where we're going to meet that week. And we'd all meet every Wednesday morning and the kids would all play together. And by the time I was pregnant with my third, some of the women in the group were saying, you know, talking about their birth experiences as women do. And um, some of the women were pregnant. And when I had the third one, she asked me like, can you please be my doula at this birth? Because I'm, I'm terrified of getting birth in Taiwan by myself. And I said the same thing that you did. And I said, what is a doula? <laughs> yeah. Um, even after three babies, I didn't know. Cause it was not a thing in Taiwan. Oh, yeah. So I went online, figured it out. I attended her birth. Um, but I wasn't certified yet. But then I went online and got certified through Childbirth International um, as both a pre, uh, both a birth doula, a postpartum doula, and a childbirth educator. Oh. And um, then I started attending births, but I my baby was still small then. I think the first birth I went to after she was born, she was nine months old. Yeah. So I thought that it was just going to be kind of a hobby. Yeah. I thought how many pregnant foreign ladies are going to be having babies in Taipei. So I thought that I might do, you know, two or three births a year, but it ended up that I'm doing two to three births a month, many months. Oh, wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Who That's knew? A That's a lot, but I mean, it's great. I think it's nice support, especially, I remember you saying that your first birth was not the best and that this is also the reason why you decided to become a doula. Exactly. My first birth, I had a very typical Taiwanese hospital birth. Yeah. Um, and I had, I had researched a lot about it. I thought I knew what I was doing. Um, but when I got into the hospital, no, things were very different. Things were happening in Chinese that my husband could understand, but the nurses could understand, I didn't understand. Mm. Um, and nothing bad happened, but they just did a lot of, it took away a lot of power. I didn't have any decisions or make any decisions. I didn't have any control over the way things were mm. unfolding. Mm. So the birth was going pretty quickly for a first baby. Um, I had an epidural, but it kept wearing off. Wouldn't explain to me why they couldn't give me more. Um, I now realize that they were only going to give me another dose every two hours, but I was running out of it after like every one hour. Oh, no. So I'd be in relief and then pain, relief, pain. It was awful. Um, and then I remember the nurse coming in and saying, you know, why are you making so much noise? The woman next to you is having traction stronger than you are, and she's not saying anything. Oh, my God. That's so rude. <laughs> and when I had the epidural, they didn't tell me that I can still get off the bed and move around. Yeah. So I was just laying on the bed in pain um, with no idea what to do or how to cope. Mm. So when it came time to push, I also didn't realize that they didn't have a labor delivery room. So when it came time to push, I was moved on the stroller, on the, on the stretcher, sorry, into an elevator with like other people <laughs> pushing because the baby's coming out oh and my moved God. to another room <laughs> to give birth. And when I got to the other room, um, they did put me on the table. They wouldn't let my mother in. The nurse got out of stool and stood next to me and used her elbow to push the top of my uterus, which is called fundal pressure. Mm. So she had her elbow digging in the top of my belly, pushing while I'm trying to push. And I'm trying to like kick her off. Um, the doctor cut a physiotomy with no permission, not even 
no permission. She didn't even tell me she yeah. was doing it. She was kind of just an episiotomy. Yeah. And then, and then got the baby out. Um, and this all included, oh, like shaving, enema, IV. All this was done to me when I first got to the hospital as well. None of those things which I knew anything about. Uh, so it was, it was quite, oh, then the worst, the worst part was afterwards, they kind of swept the baby away to the nursery right away. I barely got to see him. And then he stayed there for a week because they told me that he had respiratory problems. Nobody came in and talked to me. I didn't talk to a pediatrician. I was left in the room for three hours in the delivery room, wondering what's happening with my son. Nobody coming in to tell me anything's yeah. happening with him. Now, again, I also know it's just normal respiratory issues after birth. And it wasn't such a big deal, but I didn't even know if he's going to survive the night. Nobody talked yeah. to me. About the baby. Yeah. So I just laid there and cried. Oh. Yeah. Cause you <laughs> so, don't know that, right? Like you, if you, if no one's no. communicating with you, you don't know what's good, what's bad, what's happened, what like. What's normal, what's not normal, what your choices yeah. are. Yeah. So that's kind of where I come in. That's what I do. Yeah, right. I provide all that and all the information for you. Yeah. So then with the second baby, I was like, okay, not doing that. I'm going to wait till as long as possible. I actually looked for a midwife. I couldn't find a midwife that was doing home births at the time. Um, so I was like, okay, I'll wait as long as possible to go in. Uh, but I didn't realize, again, I didn't know that second babies come really quick. <laughs> so when I got to the hospital at 11, she was born at 11, <gasps> 10. I kind of almost had her. <laughs> wow. <laughs> she came quick. That's, uh, yeah. <laughs> And I remember saying to them afterwards, ha, you didn't get a chance to do anything to me. Yeah. With the third baby, we finally had a birthing center open, mm-hmm. which was loving care maternity. So they were the first birthing center to open and they offer water birth. And so with them, I had a really nice, really calm, really respectful uh, water birth with, with that baby. So yeah, I think that after that too, once I found out what a doula was, I was like, no, I this like Taipei needs this. Women here need to know what their choices are and what their options yeah. are. Yeah. Um, and what could happen and be prepared yeah. to find out what ahead of time, what your doctor does, what their standard procedures are. So there's yeah. no surprises. Yeah. And um, have a proper birthing plan, I suppose, right? Yeah. So you can discuss yeah, so it the, with your doctor. Exactly. So for me, the most important part is having all the knowledge and information that you need about how this could go, what different things might be done or offered to you, have the conversation with your doctor before the birth. So that during labor, you know, that's not a good time to yeah. fight. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't want any of those surprises. So know what your hospital procedures are ahead of time and be prepared. And then you can switch if you need to. Yeah. yeah. Is this um the same birthing place that I went to, right? In Xingzhuang. Yeah. 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 Okay. I've heard a lot of yeah. good things about this place yeah. from other foreigners. Yeah, a lot of foreigners mm-hmm. like to give birth here. Why is that? So it's because a lot of the team are. So when they first opened up, the first doctor who opened it, um, he's an OBGYN, and his wife is a midwife. So they opened it up with a different plan right from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. So what they did is they called in an expert from the U.S. Her name is Barbara Harper, and she's an expert. She wrote a book called Gentle Birthing and all about water birth. So they called her in, and they she helped them set up their two labor delivery rooms um, with the two water birth pools. Yeah. And trained them in water delivery. So that was what they prepared. They were already, they started an organization called Gentle Birth Organization in Taipei. So they were kind of the leaders and the forefounders in this. There's two things. It's called um, expectant management and active management of labor. They are very much uh, expectant management. So they're hands off unless something needs to be done. If you need to have, you know, a cesarean, they can do it. If you need to have an induction, they can do it. If you need to have a vacuum delivery, they can do it. But they prefer not to unless it becomes necessary. Mm-hmm. Whereas other places like manage the birth actively. So they are very, very good. They're very professional. They've done, you know, thousands of births, but every they have everything there that they need to have. 
but they only use it if they feel like it's required. And they'll ask you first and have a discussion about it. What about, because I hear a lot of people saying they would rather go to a bigger hospital because they feel that the care is better and they have everything they need at a bigger hospital. But if you were to go to a clinic, say you need a blood transfusion or something happens, then you would have to leave that clinic to go to a bigger hospital. Is that the case? So most of the case, so no, they can do blood transfusions in a clinic. And like I said, they can do emergency C-sections. They have everything that they need. However, what they don't have is they don't have a NICU a needle needle intensive care unit. Okay. So if there was something to happen to the baby that they were unexpected, then the baby would have to transfer to a big hospital. Right. Yeah. So I've had this happen. I've attended about, I don't know, four fifty to 500 births. And I've probably had a transfer happen two or three times. And it was a smooth transfer. It's a smooth transfer. And the ambulance came, picks them up, transports them. Right. Yeah. And one case, like, it's very unusual to have a surprise like this happen. You know, have you had your level two anatomy scan yet? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I had that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So this woman hadn't had the anatomy scan. Oh, uh, she, okay. she chose not to do it. Yeah. So unfortunately, it was one case where we really needed to have the anatomy scan. Okay. Because when the baby was born, the baby's heart valves were switched. Oh. So the baby wasn't transporting oxygen. The heart pump wasn't pumping properly. So they quickly got him onto... I think one of the advantages of being um, with your mom, a lot of the hospitals, they take the babies mm. away right away. But because the baby was in his mom's arms, she looked down and was noticed that his slips looked a little blue. Right. So she was able to ask the doctor. Um, and then they called the ambulance right away. And by the time and they put him on oxygen, they put him in a, you know, a unit. And then by the time the ambulance came and they transferred him to the hospital, there was a whole cardiac unit waiting for him to oh. do surgery. Okay. But he's fine. So usually something as dramatic as that, you know, we would know ahead of time that would be a high risk birth, and then you would you would choose to give birth yeah. in a hospital. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that's good. So the birthing centers will only take low risk yes. births, where everything looks totally fine and uncomplicated with mom yeah. and baby. Uh, okay, because I we we have a friend who's um a gynecologist. She's at a hosp a big hospital and. Um, I was asking her questions about labor and she was like oh you know you just lie in the bed and you put your legs up in stirrups and she was just like you're not allowed to move and they cut you and telling me all this stuff and I was like that is not what I've seen in England or like what I've researched like I haven't done like extensive research I just go on YouTube and I watch people's birthing stories and listen to what people have to say things like that and I was like I thought you could walk around I thought some some I think it was um the top gynecologist at Columbia University was saying that it's good to move around and and be in different positions and help with pain. And then these doctors were like, no, 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 you're not allowed to move. Um, and we will cut you because it makes it the, the delivery faster and easier and telling all of this stuff. And I was just like, I don't want that. And what's frustrating, yeah, what's frustrating is that there's evidence. Mm. The evidence is already there. They've already done the studies. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um. So why are the why is the evidence not being followed in Taiwan? That's the frustrating part. Still, still being taught to young generations. So um, I mean, the studies say don't do an episiotomy; it causes lifelong damage to your pelvic floor. Um, you know, it says get up and move around. If by being active in labor, you reduce yes. the length of labor by four to five hours. Wow! And frankly, any woman who's unmedicated, guess what? They want to move. You can't lay down. It's so hard to lay down. It's uncomfortable. Yes. You're in more pain lying down. <laughs> yeah. You're able to cope Crawling. much better while getting up and moving around. Yeah. So it's it's really, yeah, it's <laughs> crawling. Yes. It's really frustrating to see the, these practices. 
are not only, like you said, you know, not going away, but they're being taught again to the younger generation. Yeah. Have you seen though, have you seen a difference between from when you gave birth, obviously, but as the years have gone on over the 15 years that you've been doing this professionally, have you seen a change? Yeah. So the change is that there's more options now. Mm-hmm. So now we do have several birthing centers uh, that didn't exist when I had mine. We do have mm-hmm. midwives doing home births now. Oh. Um, and I think their social media has helped a lot in the gentle birth movement. I think that from now it will hopefully only progress from here. But in general, a lot yes. of Taiwanese women don't question their doctors. They respect the authority. Mm-hmm. And so this is why these things kind of just keep getting done. A hundred percent. This is what we've been yeah. discussing a lot, isn't it, Cheryl? Like everyone, and even to the point where I don't drink coffee because uh, it gives me like heart palpitations. I'm really sensitive to coffee, but I love coffee. So I'll go to Starbucks and treat myself to a decaf every now and again. Now, some of the women I work with don't know it's decaf. They just see it as a coffee and they're like, oh, should you be drinking that coffee when you're pregnant? And I'm like, yes. You're allowed one coffee a day and it's not even caffeinated. I work with Kat and I'm always the first one to turn around and be like, she's allowed coffee, okay? We're allowed a coffee. You are allowed to have coffee. <laughs> yeah, so fast. And she's they're like, whoa, sorry. And I'm like, I just don't like this judgment. Don't worry, that continues after you have a baby as well. <laughs> I'm really, and that's the thing. Like I know when people are giving you advice that it comes from a nice place, right? And it comes from a place of them like caring or or, right. or it doesn't always, it's not a malicious thing that they're doing. But when you're pregnant and you're overworked and your hormones are already like everywhere and you're uncomfortable and then someone's telling you how it should be, it's just like, look, I know you've had kids, but every pregnant person is different right we all have a different journey we all have different health you know it's 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 not like I squatted down the other day to pick up something off the floor like a proper yoga squat where you go down into your hips and your pelvis opens it feels so good I love doing that stretch (laughs) and then they were like oh no 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 don't squat down you're not allowed to squat down I was like, really? Yeah. So I sent this person a whole article on how stretching your pelvis is good and it's good to prepare for labor and all of this. She was like, oh, but we were told never to do that. So, yeah, I remember going to the beach with my babies when I was pregnant and my and ha- I had other children um, and people just being shocked at seeing me on the beach climbing over the rocks or carrying my other children. No, yeah. you can't carry your, like, he's only one. Mm-hmm. He yeah. still needs to be carried. Yeah. Um, you can't do that when you're pregnant. No. And you can't be on the beach and you can't go swimming. And you, yeah, there's lots. There's no. lots. And it's why I don't know why people feel that um, there's a need to comment all the time. Like, I don't, I've never Ooh. commented on someone when they were pregnant. Maybe because I've never been through it myself. I've just been like, oh, how are you feeling? You're good. Yeah, great. But I constantly keep having people telling me because um, I'm only 26 weeks and I don't have a really big bump it's not like a huge bump right and a couple of the women that have been pregnant in our office their bumps were I would say a bit bigger than mine but they were also a lot slimmer than me so it probably looked a bit more obvious and I keep hearing people say to me like oh but it's not very big but you're not very big you're not showing much and what that does is it plays in my head and then I come home and I look in the mirror and I'm like why am I not big enough is something wrong but my doctors tell me they're like you're fine I put on seven kg in total she was like he's the right weight he's the everything's normal you know you don't need to worry and everyone's freaking yeah. me out but what most of the women are getting is oh my god 
your belly is so big. Why is your belly so big? Your belly looks huge. Yeah, you I got twin? that. That's me. <laughs> yeah, that's what Cheryl got. Yeah. And I know. So, yeah. But it still makes you anxious. <laughs> like, yeah, it still makes I have you to just nervous. say with the comments, they don't stop even after you're pregnant. Okay. My child yeah. is very carefree. She runs around barefoot. You've seen it, Kat. She is yeah. like a crazy little wild child and i get comments all the time like why is she bare feet like does she not have shoes and i'm like uh oh sorry i'm just like i'm from south africa okay we do things differently back home <laughs> and i'm always yeah. like oh okay you know like be free go do what you need to do just don't hurt yourself and she broke her arm and everyone i felt lots of judgment from lots of parents because i'm sure they were like yes yeah, because she's so like wild and i'm like no she literally fell off a, a, like a, the couch and fell funny it's like an ac accidents happen right but you know you can't in this society I feel in Taiwan society people tend to comment more and it's not to be malicious they just comment because they it's a, the thing that comes to their head and they'll just say it I sometimes feel like it's it's um almost a way to start a conversation with you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. the grandma I just want to talk and so yeah. they come out with Things that might, we might find inappropriate, but yeah, like you said, they're not being malicious. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. Uh, like I always try to explain to people, it's not like my husband, he gets really offended and I'm like, no, it's not malicious. It's just, they don't know that this is something inappropriate to say, you know, or you, you know, saw, that you don't do it. You saw an Arma the other day, someone that you knew, right, on the way to Starbucks and she was like... You're having another baby. <laughs> I was like, oh my god! <laughs> and I even said to her, like, no, Amma, my stomach just looks like this. And she, I could see, she felt so bad. I could see from her face when I said, like, no, this is just my stomach. And she's like, <gasps> and then she said, but your arms—it's because your arms and your legs don't like. It looks like. And I was like, it's fine. Don't worry. I know. I, I know my stomach looks like this. But for the rest of the day, I was like, I'm not wearing this dress again to work. Everyone thinks I'm oh, pregnant. No. <laughs> oh. So um, I did want to ask as well with your classes, I'm really interested to know because I'm hoping to join the classes in November, um, what those classes entail. Yeah, so I teach, I used to teach a series of four classes, but trying to get people together for four times, mm. <laughs> it, it's like almost impossible. So I moved yeah. it down to a two-class two format now um, for four hours each class. So the first class I go over um, just how birth works, like how labor starts, yeah. what early labor looks like, what the phases of labor are, um, how, <clears throat> how you can cope with labor at home. A lot of people don't realize that you do spend a lot of time at home before you head to the birth center. So how your partner can help you at home, what you can do, um, when to go to the hospital or the birthing center, what to do there, you know, um, the pushing part, uh, breathing techniques, positioning, that's all in the first class. Second class is more about interventions that can happen, so cesarean sections, inductions. Um, and then I talk about breastfeeding mm -hmm. and how to get baby latched on, how breastfeeding works. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm really interested to find out the interventions, especially so that when, because I, I have health anxiety and it's, it's something I've had since a kid. And um, it's just because of like trauma that I saw growing up. And it's something I had to go to therapy for and hopefully have it under control. 
But when you when you're pregnant and your body's changing all the time, it can really trigger. So whenever I'm in a hospital, I always think everything they're saying is bad. I'm like, what's that? What do they say? What are they saying? Because my Chinese isn't very good. So I feel like that's going to be really helpful for someone like me and for so many people to know like, oh, they're going to come at you with this. They're going to ask you for this. They're going to suggest this and this type of situation. So that it's like, ah, I remember this and not just be shocked and think, am I making the right choice? Yes. Well, we also in class prepare a list of questions to ask your doctor. Mm. Ah, so okay. I get to take notes throughout the whole class with, a, with an ongoing list. And when you go to the club, your doctor's appointment, you can get some information from them and things become a little bit more clear. And the other fun part is that you get to meet everybody else that's having babies around the same time as you. I'm still friends with my ladies that I met at my birth class. Actually, friends. See? I went to two. Okay, I went. I mine was a special case. I went to two, but I went to one yeah. birth class from one one month, and then the next one I joined as the second class from another. So I have from the first one, I'm still friends with all of them, and then the second one, people moved back home, but I have like a few that I'm friends with there, and I I talk yeah. about them often, and we still hang out. We still do play dates. We still make sure that we meet. You have that like I don't know that community since I didn't have any family members here and I found it really hard I had really bad, bad postpartum depression I found it really hard to you know make friends or feel like I was still like me so going on these mom dates just to like chat with other moms and ask them is this normal and uh, what I'm feeling is this okay The reason why I had a doula is because I didn't want to have the issue of, you know, being like you in the room and them saying something and me being like, oh my gosh, what are they mm -hmm. saying? Or, or mm -hmm. should I do this? And as I said, you've heard my birth story. I was very much like, yeah, okay, sure. Let's try it. But Angela was there to be like, this is not what you wanted. You wanted this, remember? And I was like, oh yeah. And she's like, let's try that first. And then we did it. And then when I was like, oh, you know, I want this, uh, like, you know, let's just they were like, oh, we're going to need to use the clamps or something like to pull the baby out. And she was like, is it necessary to the doctor? She asked the question. I didn't ask it. And the doctor was like, no, we can actually, and actually the nurse was like, oh, we can try a different way if you want. And she was like, let's try that first. And if it doesn't work, then we go that way. And it was so nice because baby came out. I told you within like 10 seconds after that, I had Kira yeah. like on me. And she did the whole, you know, like natural, like, don't force it. And she was like, it's time to let the baby go to the boob. And I remember her saying like, don't force it, don't force it. Because I was like, ah, oh, take the boob, you know. It's <laughs> very like, oh, natural. And I felt really relaxed. So I do think if you can always go for a doula if you don't have family around. It's really mm -hmm. something important because I really felt like it helped me a lot. I, I think if I didn't have it, I would have had a completely different birth experience. Um and maybe it wouldn't be so positive because I always tell people I had a great birth, birth experience. <laughs> yeah. I think that the community is, is such an important thing, both for when you're pregnant, um, having somebody on your side when you're giving birth, of course, and then having this community again after you have the baby. So that's why the birthing classes are important to get the information, be prepared, um, but also to meet the other people and then continue to hang out with them after the babies are born because everybody's got, you know, a one month old or a two month old. You're going through the same things at the same time. Um, but we also like I've tried to develop the community more. So I've now got the breastfeeding support group that they meet once a month um, and they're also available online. And we also have the I make it a, a Facebook group for 
babies being born in each year mm. because I might have a birth class in, you know, June and then one in November and they don't know each other. Mm-hmm. So I now have like the Taipei rabbit babies, Taipei tiger babies, yeah. Taipei dragon babies. Yeah. So that everybody can keep in contact and <clears throat> hopefully there's somebody proactive in the group who's like, hey, let's do a meetup. Yeah. Let's go out. Uh, we're going to host this time. And then it's really nice that you guys can have that. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully get out and meet some other women. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm part of the Taiwan rabbit groups and it's nice to listen to people's birthing stories and also um, if they're going through something similar to you, because it's nice to relate like, oh, I've got diarrhea. Is this normal? And then someone else posts something like anyone else got diarrhea? And it's like, yes, <laughs> you know, like it's <laughs> nice to, literally, yeah. to, to feel like it, you have something in common and you're not the only one and like freaking out over things. Exactly. Yeah, it does give you a lot of security. Also, because I was thinking, um, I do agree with what you said earlier, that sometimes people won't question professionals or doctors. And maybe having someone in the hospital with you that knows and understands and has been through it numerous times, you get that comfort of knowing that they're asking the right things and they understand it. Because I know my husband will just agree with everything the doctor says. He's done it to me before (laughs) and I've had to say no, stop ask them this and then they've changed and he's like oh right sorry and I'm like yeah you ha- you can't just yeah we do this we do that like you have to question things yeah I wanted to ask you do you train any people to become doulas if they wanted to become a doula in Taiwan or do you not like- well, no I'm not a I'm not a doula trainer they would have to do an online certification first of all because <clears throat> I can't give certificates or anything like that yeah um so no there's lots of things online that you can attend not a lot of people want to do this because it is a lot of commitment, mm. a lot of staying away from home and not knowing when you're going to see your kids again. So not everybody's up to it. Uh, it would be nice to have somebody else as a backup <laughs> for those long two-day births like we could swap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, not, no, I don't train anybody. Okay, so you, it's just a one-person like um, operation right now for you. Yeah. Because you are you yeah. are someone also, Cheryl, that has like helped me a lot and given me advice from your own experience, but it hasn't been like a dictatorship way kind of. It's like, oh, don't do this. Yeah. It's like, well, this is what we think with this and that. And it has opened my mind. And it was a lot of stuff that you'd said you'd learned from Angela, right? And then you were saying yeah. and, and, and passing on the information, which yeah. is kind of nice to pass it through. I do feel bad though because I our one That's friend true. who is pregnant at work and she is someone who just follows what the doctor says mm-hmm. goes and that's when I was like do not cut your vagina she was like but that's normal and I'm like no <laughs> I draw the line there you need to ask questions <laughs> I was like I can't listen to this anymore I was like please listen to this advice she did it they did it and then she regretted it after Oh, oh yeah she said she was in a lot of pain after and it took her a, a, a while to recover from it yeah oh yeah. I'm crazy yeah. That. Yeah. yeah so but we did try and chat with her and send her the articles and things like that but I think once you're in that mindset and you just maybe are scared also you're just going to go with whatever the doctor says because you're scared right yeah you trust them to be able to make choices for yeah. you um and guide you so yeah, yeah a lot of people and that's what they're more comfortable with. Some women are more comfortable with that, and that's mm-hmm. fine too. Mm-hmm. If you, you know, there's a lot of different. I just want there to be options out there for people and information available. Yeah, and to be a, a positive birthing yeah. experience, right? To look back on it and remember it in a nice way. Yeah, but you can't guarantee a positive no. birthing experience. Yes, some births are traumatic. Uh, yes, some births yeah. are hard. So I don't ever. That's not something that I ever try to offer. I always say instead, I want it to be 
informed yeah. and that you're the one making the decisions not they're being made for you and you don't know better yeah i told cat this i was like my birth was not perfect it was not the bit it was painful and like traumatic um i don't I, I lost blood and i had a blood transfusion but i was like it's exactly how angela told me it would go and so i wasn't like blindsided like whoa yeah it's not like the movies what's happening my baby didn't just yeah. come out after the water broke and like I went to the hospital and it popped out. No, yeah, it was like yeah. I was told it will be a long process. Actually, when we got there, we were quite surprised. I don't know if you remember, I was already like eight centimeters. So we were like, oh, and then, you know, and that's another thing that you learn is that you can never guess how birth is going to go yeah. i cannot look at a woman and predict what kind of birth she's going to have yeah. at all yeah there's nothing but surprises even 15 years later but being prepared and and having knowledge okay maybe it's not gonna always amount to a positive birth experience but it's definitely going to amount to a less stressful one if it wasn't if you weren't not knowledgeable in that area or or able to communicate yeah. right it's gonna lessen it right at least so you understand what's happening mm -hmm. why it's happening and then what choices are available to you and then you make the decision on what to do mm -hmm. so you don't feel so helpless and and you know left behind while everybody's doing everything yeah. to you just kind of what happened with me my yeah. first birth yeah oh I feel like yeah. I've learned a lot from this conversation today and it's really it was really really nice to listen and meet you today Angela and I'm really excited to do your birth class I really I'm bring my husband along yeah. we bring you our too. husbands along right <laughs> they they join in too yes, yes I'm excited Absolutely. he listens yeah. to me and Cheryl talk because sometimes he'll um he'll do the translation for our episodes and he's like learning all of this stuff that we keep talking about like episiotomy and things like and he's just like what what's this we do this in Taiwan I'm like yeah and he's like oh and now he has started to change his mind a little bit and start asking more questions at, at the appointments he's starting to like yeah. realize yeah oh, he has started to realize yeah. a little bit like oh okay because he's having to translate but he knows so much about you Cheryl now <laughs> I know I feel so sorry for yeah. him I'm quite like vulgar sometimes with my birth story explaining every and he's, little uh, detail translating and I'm like, it and <laughs> yeah but yes thank you so much for putting the time out today very welcome Just quickly, um, with the services that you offer, is it something that people have to book for like the whole pregnancy or can you do it like a month before you give birth? Well, okay. So some people, I mean, honestly, I have people who pee on the stick <laughs> and book me. Um, <laughs> they get a positive pregnancy test. They're like, okay, I, I need to book you in now. Um, and then I have other people who are like, after they do my classes maybe, or they get more information or they hear a story from a friend and they're like, okay. I want to get a doula now. And it could be like 36 weeks long. Um, it doesn't really matter. It's just kind of more, you know, if you find me earlier, you get longer time to ask me more questions. But at the end of the day, I'm a birth doula. So I'm there for the birthing part. So we do two prenatal meetings first to talk about what to expect and what you guys want and what I can do, et cetera. And then I come for the whole birth um, until the baby's born and usually latched on. And then I come again and do a postpartum visit as the milk is in to visit you at your home and ask any questions that you have okay. there. Okay. And what happens if someone gives birth at the same time as someone else? Okay, so don't ever say that. <laughs> <laughs> My biggest fear. <laughs> that hasn't happened yet. That's lucky. <laughs> it, it happened once. Um, It happened twice in 15 years, actually. Once, though, they were in the same birthing center. Okay. 
they were best friends and they both had their babies and their due date. <gasps> the chances of any of those things happening is really <laughs> odd. Um, I was able to attend both. Oh, wow. The one lady had had a really long birth and had an epidural and was resting. And I'm like, I'll be right back. And then I popped mm-hmm. into the other room. Um, but one time I did have to miss a birth because I was, at, it was a, actually a planned cesarean. And I had to miss that because I was with a woman in labor. Okay. And so if I'm with somebody in labor, I'm not going to yeah. leave them. Yeah. Um, but I do have like sometimes back-to-back births. Yes. So, you know, sometimes I had like three births in a oh, week. Wow. Um, That's yeah. <laughs> but hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully the chances of two women like actually giving birth at the same time is okay oh that's good to know then okay (laughs) okay well thank you so much i really enjoyed this today thank you and really nice to meet you okay thanks for having me Bye. bye